this is Bridgerton Fancast, a podcast about Netflix's biggest show, Bridgerton, and we're its hosts. I'm Michelle. I live in the States. You can find me at Musings on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm Rita. I live in England, and I'm at Rita Bites on Instagram and Twitter. Though I seem to exclusively be on the Bridgerton Fancast Twitter. <laughs> I am sorry. <laughs> This week, we're going to be discussing the eighth and final episode of the first season. But before we start, just a heads up, because I know that you guys stop three minutes before the episode ends. I can see how Mm -hmm. far you listen. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is not our final podcast. Next week, we'll be doing a season overview podcast where we can talk about the whole season and speculate about season two. So our inbox is very open to any points you want to make about the show as a whole. Please get those in ASAP. Yes. By the way, the podcast will contain discussions about sex. (laughs) You you hadn't already noticed. Um, Because it was featured in the episode. Uh, So if you're around children or anyone sensitive to that kind of content, please consider this your heads up. Episode 8 was called After the Rain. And it was written by showrunner Chris Van Dusen. It was directed by Ulrich Riley. And here is another recap to remind you of what went down in the episode. Okay, so the episode began with another whistle-down missive and a flashback to 1804, where a Miss Mary Leopold secured a marriage proposal in just four and a half minutes. Damn well. (laughs) Uh, yeah. The couple then immediately left London after marrying Trey Mysterious. Watch out for the bee on her wedding flowers, everyone. Mm-hmm. I do believe this is a season two clue. Interesting. We then get a montage of marriages in the ton. First, Lady Featherington and the Baron who hate each other. Will and his wife, who are all lovey-dovey in bed. Queen Charlotte watching King George lose his shit again, and then Violet Bridgerton waking up and reaching out for Edmund, her super-dead husband. Finally, Simon and Daphne, who are sitting for a portrait, and it's very stilted and awkward. We learn that Simon is planning to leave London and his wife at the end of the season, after they host their last ball. How nice! A separation ball, you know. Yeah. Over at Bridgerton House, an acute domestic scene is playing out. Eloise is bugging Benedict for information on Madame Delacroix and telling him not to trust her. Meanwhile, Hyacinth is bugging Anthony to join in the family's notorious Pal Mal game that summer at Aubrey Hall. Provided you stay clear of my lucky mallet, I think it a fine idea. You cannot be in earnest. I should begin practicing straight away. Anthony is coming! a clue. Also, <laughs> in fantastic news for me, a Francesca Bridgerton stan. She is arriving back from that endless trip to Aunt Winnie's, whoever that is, and she'll be finally <laughs> in another episode, so huzzah. Over at the Featheringtons, Marina is packing. She is ready to blow this joint because she thinks the tea has aborted her fetus, so yeah. Okay, yeah. Penelope worries that she should not be up and about yet, and mm-hmm. Rena f- apologizes for quote everything, and uh, <laughs> tells her that she was right about Colin and that 
one day Colin will see how good and kind Penelope is to him and yada 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 we can finally get the Penelope and Colin love story we deserve I deserve they deserve as they are having this conversation though a coach pulls up to the house carrying a handsome young man hmm Cut to a flower market, and Daphne and her mother are discussing Daphne's planned separation from her husband. Violet encourages her to forgive Simon and move forward, which is ironic as hell. Because when Baroness Featherington approaches them, it's very clear that Violet is not willing to take her own advice on the matter. Daphne decides to be the bigger person and invites all of the Featheringtons to her season ending ball. While they're talking, they all learn that the carriage that has arrived at the house contained a Mr. Crane and Daphne's ears perk up, thinking that she has finally found Sir George Crane. When they arrive back at the Featheringtons and we learn he is not George, but his brother Philip. Sir Philip, that is. George died on the battlefield weeks ago. Who's surprised? Nobody. Anyway, Sir Philip retrieves Marina a letter from George that he was writing before he died, where he promised to find her and marry her. Marina thanks Daphne for helping her because now she knows George really loved her, and she cries and admits that she was wrong. Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> Eloise shows up at Madame Delacroix's Maudie's shop at Buckcrack in the morning and wakes her and her brother up. She makes up some lame excuse about needing a dress, but basically uses the conversation to try and convince her that Lady Whistledown should write something nice about the Featheringtons. And oh, by the way, the Queen is trying to find her out, so she should be careful. Madame de la Croix smiles and nods like she understood what's going on, but she doesn't. It's very clear. Mm-mm. She has yeah. no idea. Over at Daphne's, the house is bustling with activity as the poor servants prepare for this gigantic ball. Daphne runs into Simon as he leaves for Will's boxing match, and she asks him what his father did to make him take the vow in the first place. He tells her that they don't need to have that conversation, and insists that she will be better off without him. What he doesn't understand is that there is nothing more irresistible in that sentence to a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we then head to the boxing match. As he prepares for the fight, Will tells his wife that he is tired of groveling to the ton for patronage and money and that he wants to secure his and his family's future. Meanwhile, Baron Featherington is acting foolish and betting the deed to his frickin' house on Will losing the match. Simon shows up and wishes Will luck, but notices him making eye contact with Baron Featherington and becomes suspicious. Suspicious minds. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> back at the Featheringtons and Sir Philip asks Marina to marry him. He feels that it is a matter of duty and that he would be fulfilling his brother's wishes to support the woman he loved and their child. Marina rejects him because she doesn't love him. Everyone in the room with them is like, what? Because as a ruined woman, this was her last chance at a respectable marriage. Meanwhile, Daphne has entered Simon's father's office and started rooting around. She finds the letters Simon wrote him when he was a child, informing him of his progress with his stutter. 
While she processes this, Lady Danbury arrives to help her with the ball. Instead, she ends up helping Daphne understand what kind of a father the Duke had. Daphne remarks at how different a man he is from his father. A no shit. Mm, yeah. Over at the boxing match, Anthony sees Sienna and they have sex under the bleachers. And I screamed, no! <laughs> <laughs> um, Will throws the match and loses in a very unconvincing manner. I mean, he just flops like a dead fish. Simon yeah. is like yeah. furious at him and asks him about his sense of honour. And Will's like... Nothing is more honourable than caring for my family. And I was like, preach it, Will! Preach it! Um, <laughs> which is like, ooh, you can see Simon learning the lesson. <laughs> he was like, oh. Um, yes. And he politely asks Simon to stop projecting his own issues onto his wife and him. And yeah. Oh, my God. Will, marry me. <laughs> Mike, drop. <laughs> oh, Back at the Featheringtons, and Portia is basking in all the money Lord Featherington has brought home and pushes her, pushes aside her creeping feeling that something is amiss. Who cares? They're rich again. Dresses Yay! for everybody. <laughs> the uglier, the better. Uh, yes, please. And as bright as, as hell. We want to see them from Mars. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the next morning, Daphne invites Simon to come with her to Bridgerton House. Her entire family is gathering to greet Francesca. He agrees, and it is hella cute. As soon as he arrives, Hyacinth bombards him with questions. Across the room, Benedict reluctantly tells Anthony that he is seeing Madame Delacroix. Anthony, unexpectedly, is like, good for you, bro. And everyone gasps. Colin sings while Francesca plays the piano. It's cute as hell. Penelope enters the room and looks longingly before approaching Eloise. Eloise grabs her excitedly and tells her that she has found Lady Whistledown and that it's Madame Delacroix. Penelope is like straight face emoji. Wow, uh, how impressive. Eloise is pushing her yet again to be an unmarried independent woman and Penelope is like, girl, my family is broke and ruined. That's not going to happen. Back on the other side of the room, and Simon promises Hyacinth a pony, and then makes her an origami horse. He starts making horse noises and is being super cute, and Daphne watches on with heart eyes. Over at the Featheringtons, and the girls are freaking out about finally having new dresses. God forbid they wear the same one twice. Everyone except Penelope, because she has yet again been stuck with a yellow dress. Portia is like, hey, maybe Mr. Finch might even reconsider his proposal to Philippa now that she has her diary back again. Again? Yeah. Oh, did I lose it somewhere the first time? <laughs> Walking past them Whoops. is Marina, who drops a plate dramatically and clutches at her stomach. I always hate it when people drop stuff. Yeah. That might be expensive. Um, <laughs> apparently she needs a doctor or whatever, and he tells her she is very, very pregnant, and we're all like, yeah, of course, you're still pregnant. You just had some tea. <laughs> 
Yeah, you had some tea. It made you sick. It just, uh. Unfortunately, we then go to Sienna and Anthony, who are frolicking in a bed, and Anthony asks her to attend his sister's ball with him, which is a scandal waiting to happen and would make his mother cry. But whatever. I guess for a moment, (laughs) Sienna is like, yay, he loves me. I'm Cinderella, and everything is perfect and magical and a fairy tale and... The audience just collectively rolls its eyes. Mm-hmm. Daphne and Simon's servants finish preparing the ball that they have been boldly decided to host outdoors in England. They are asking for trouble. But anyway, as they inspect the arrangements, they start flirting again and bantering about how many dances they should dance together. You know, just like old times. Their guests begin to arrive and following a gorgeous ball montage of dancing and general frivolity, Eloise and Violet arrive. Daphne approaches her sister and tells her that she looks fabulous in a ball gown. Yas, girl, slay! Because she really, really did. But that if she would like to spend the evening in the library, then she will not mind. True big sister energy. Eloise thanks her for being so perfect that she doesn't have to. Aw, too cute. The Featherington girls arrive at the ball, much to the surprise of the gossipy mamas everywhere. And they're, they, it's, it's blinding when they show up in all of that. Everybody else was um, in blue and white. And then they were like, hey! Here comes the peacock! <laughs> you know? Um, Philippa immediately joins Cheese Boy on the dance floor. And Portia glows in the bask of her victory. She has clawed her way back. Although while she is enjoying her moment of triumph, Her husband is off getting drunk at a brothel because men ain't shit. When he gets inside a bedchamber, he finds his bookies waiting for him with a bottle of poison. So not going so great for him, huh? Mm -hmm. Oh, how the turntables, or tables turn, or whatever. Yes. Back at the ball and Colin arrives, he immediately approaches Penelope and asks her for forgiveness for not listening to her sooner about Marina. Penelope is like, hey, it's no big, you were in love, and speaking of... Um, He cuts her off and tells her that he's going to be travelling the Mediterranean, as she suggested. She's like, oh... Damn, I'm stupid. Penelope <laughs> runs off, heartbroken and crying. And we're like, no, Penelope. Uh, meanwhile, Eloise learns that the Bow Street runners will be intercepting Lady Whistledown that night while the Tawn are attending the ball. She bribes her coachman to take her to the publishers and waits for Lady Whistledown's carriage to arrive so that she can intercept her when she sees a black carriage she yells go it's a trap and lady whistledown makes it off into the dark night undiscovered or is she anthony shows up at sienna's house to take her to the ball and finds her there with her other man she explains that they're from different worlds and yada yada i kind of tune out in their scenes anyway they break up again brooding anthony is back yes because we need him brooding. Back at the ball, and Lady Danbury gives Simon a last little nudge back towards Daphne. Across the ballroom, Violet does the same with Daphne, talking about the struggles in her own marriage and how she overcame them. We chose to love each other every single day. It is a choice, dearest. 
One that is never too late to make. And after telling her that she is a Bridgerton and Bridgertons can do anything, Daphne heads to the dance floor for a waltz with her duke sigh. It's glorious. Thunderclaps and rain pours down on the ball. <laughs> and that's what you get for hosting an outdoor event in England. I mean, come on, people. You've lived there the whole li- your whole life. You should know better. Mm-hmm. Everyone runs for cover, except, you know, Daphne and Simon. Daphne begins to laugh instead. Um, Lady Danbury realises a reconciliation is coming and is like, all right, folks, you don't have to go home, <laughs> but you can't stay here. And kicks the entire <laughs> ton out of the ball. Simon and Daphne do indeed reconcile very dramatically in the pouring rain. They both look really amazing wet. I was very jealous. Uh, Mm -hmm. Daphne declares that she is tired of pretending that she doesn't love him and that she believes him worthy of love despite any imperfections. And I don't think he has any. Have you seen his Uh, face? Yeah. And Simon is like, well, damn. (laughs) Portia Featherington and her girls arrive home to find Bow Street Runners waiting for them. Portia's told that her husband is dead. She walks into his office to search for the money and finds it all gone. She lets out an anguished cry. What the hell she gonna do? Mm-hmm. Simon arrives in Daphne's bedchamber and tells her that he wants to be with her, but that he isn't sure of how to be the man she needs him to be. She tells him all he has to do is stay and they will work it out together. They proceed to have sex with some very beautiful music playing in the background. This time they maintain eye contact the whole time, which is nice. And then he comes inside her. Yay! Yay! A round of applause for that conflict being concluded. They both look really happy. The next morning, Colin prepares to leave for the continent, and Penelope sobs into Eloise's arms. But she's not crying for him. Remember that her dad is totally dead. She asks to be cheered up, so Eloise tells her her tale of saving Madame Delacroix from the Bow Street Runners the night before. Penelope is like, wow, this is brand new information. Portia Featherington is standing in her husband's bedchamber mournfully. Marina decides this would be a great moment to interrupt her and to talk about herself some more. (laughs) She asks how Portia managed 22 years of marriage without love. You find things to love, my dear. Small things. Big things too, like your babies, and eventually they add up to be enough. You're strong, Miss Thompson. Perhaps even more so than me. Marina then leaves London with her new fiancé, Sir Philip. As the family waves goodbye, Mrs. Varley, Portia's housekeeper, arrives with a name for the man who will inherit the entire Featherington estate. Do we get to know the name? (laughs) Of course not. That's for season two, bitches. Uh, But Portia does look shocked, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, damn. We'll we'll talk about it more in a minute. The Bridgertons and the Duke and Duchess all gather to bid Colin goodbye. Everyone discusses their plans for the summer and what of Anthony, you may ask. What is he up to? Nothing of note, other than finding and promptly declaring my intentions to my new Viscountess, of course. <laughs> he declares that he's going to remove love entirely from the equation so as not to distract himself from his responsibilities. Okay, so 
Guys, it's not much of a spoiler if I suggest that his plan is stupid as hell and he fails spectacularly. <laughs> Can't wait for season two. He's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Eloise learns from Benedict that he spent his evening with Madame Delacroix and Eloise is like, oh my God then that means she is not Lady Whistledown. Oh my God! <laughs> Flashback to last night when Lady Whistledown was in the carriage, only this time we see under the huge cape and it's revealed that Penelope Featherington, the sneaky miss, is actually Lady Whistledown! Surprise! <laughs> yes, jaw on floor. But it ain't over yet. Cut to an undisclosed amount of time in the future and Daphne is given birth. In the same room that Simon was born in, how's that for continuity? But this birth scene is very different. It's like everybody and their mother is in the room. <laughs> Literally. The Duke is in the room with Daphne, as is her mother, both holding her hands and caring for her as she screams her way through labor. <laughs> when the baby arrives, it is a boy. Simon holds him lovingly, and when Daphne asks him what they should name him, he responds, that it should absolutely start with an A. After all, it is the family tradition. The camera pans away from the new family towards the window, where, lo and behold, there is a bee buzzing on the windowsill. Buzz, buzz, bitch! The bee is here! <laughs> did you scream? Because I screamed. I was like, it's a bee! Uh, I did too. Uh, I did yeah. too. I do too. <laughs> I love that you have no idea why you're screaming, but you're like, <laughs> um, I am going to rewatch the entire. See, I'm going to binge it all in one giant gulp me, this weekend. Me too. That's my plan. Because I think I saw another bee. I know that I I've seen a f another bee in some scenes. So yeah, I'm gonna search for. This. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be on a bee hunt. <laughs> be on a bee hunt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so we need to talk about all the storylines, and oh god, was there many. I nearly had a breakdown writing the recap. <laughs> it's like, it's a long episode, there's lots and lots of scenes. I had not got very much sleep the night before, and I was tweeting, I'm gonna cry, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> but it's fine, I just needed more coffee. It was fine. <laughs> yes. The most yes. important storyline, obviously, was uh, Simon and Daphne. What did you think about this resolution? Um, I thought the resolution worked really well. Um, you know, it was it didn't feel forced. Uh, it felt like a natural uh, progression based on you know what all was happening around them. That you know they would they would eventually come to these realizations. You know, after their friends basically thump them into it. Um. It, Simon in particular. He had an anvil dropped on him by Will. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Will, I hate what you did. Uh, I hate what you did, man. But um, you really served it to Simon when he absolutely needed it. So thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> I thought that the scene with Daphne... Uh, you know, in the rain when she starts laughing, I, I was, for some reason, I was incredibly moved by it. Um, and, uh, you know, cause it's like she realizes, yeah, we can do this. We can do this. Um, and it's gonna be work and it's not magical or anything along those lines, but we can do this. We can choose to do this. And, uh, that was, that was wonderful. Um, I, 
heart Simon and Daphne so hard. What is their ship name? Safney? Safney? Potentially Safney. Safney shippers. Safney. Holler at me. Yes. <laughs> Tell me if I'm wrong. Um, oh, God. At this rate, I'm going to wind up with uh, a bunch of tattoos the length of my arm. <laughs> For all of the ships that I ship. <laughs> There's eight of them. I'll, 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 I'll restrain myself. But I might get a B. Oh. Once I find out what it means. I, I got that B earring. So, you know. And that was just based on the strength of what I saw in the episode. <laughs> I am currently drinking from one of my three B mugs. Um, I have an obsession. Okay. Um... <laughs> Back to Simon and Daphne. Um, yes. I have to admit that my absolute first thought while I was watching this episode was how right I was in last week's podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I'm either like a genius or this is really good storytelling. Um, <laughs> because Daphne really needed to process what happened to Simon. Mm-hmm. I even suggested the Lady Danbury thing. I'm like, wow, I'm on fire. Um <laughs> That, it just felt like all of the pieces were slotting into place to make that yeah. happen. I feel like she yeah. needed that information and he needed to realise that he wanted a family. I think that scene where he was in the Bridgerton home was like really important. And because yes. they've been so isolated from them in the previous episode, I was just like, mm-hmm. yeah, you want to be a part of this family. Like... That the first mm-hmm. um, time that I thought he was like getting really warmed up to Daphne was the that scene from earlier in the season where Violet invites him to dinner and he sees the whole family like giggling mm-hmm. and talking and I was like he just wants that for himself and that's what Daphne yeah. definitely provides for him because that's what she wants from life and that's what he wants too so it makes yes total sense that they would see what's important to them and then try and fix it um mm-hmm. they yeah i mean by the end of the episode i was fully like brought back in they have to be together <laughs> or i will absolutely yes. burn everything down <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh but yeah that was that was wonderful that was nice that was wonderful mm-hmm. um and uh you know it it was it wasn't a like instantaneous everything's fixed, you know, yada yada yada. We saw them having, you know, as you said, having to really think about what happened. Um the scene <laughs> the scene with Simon in the um Bridgerton household. Um oh god, that was wonderful. Make make, make me an origami horsey, please. I have to admit, I didn't think that horsey looked like a horsey. I was like, has he made a seal? What is, what is that? <laughs> it wasn't until he was like doing the horse noises that I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I think um, <sighs> Reggae ended up giving that to Phoebe. I was like, oh, my poor, my poor heart. They'll always have that origami horse. Um, <laughs> so cute. I melted. A lot of the scenes made me melt. Guess the next biggest storyline was Marina. She lost her true love, but she gained a husband in Sir Philip. Yep. Um, That she did. I was pleasantly surprised by Marina this week. Mm -hmm. I was so happy she apologised to Penelope and Daphne, but mostly to Penelope because Penelope did not deserve to be treated that way. No. 
And, you know, humble Marina is far less annoying than that sort of smug, I know better than everyone thing she was doing before. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of side-eyeing her when she rejected Philip's suit because obviously she was still pregnant and I think mm-hmm. it would have really been great for the Featherington girls. Hey, you ruined them too, remember? Like, your marriage yeah. would have legitimized you and them but you know she's a bit mm-hmm. as ever she's a bit selfish i think she was still in selfish mode at that moment selfish martyr mode she does have a bit of a martyr about her doesn't she she's like the world yeah. is punishing me everything has gone wrong <laughs> why me that was very much last episode um I've seen online that a lot of people are bummed that she ended up in an arranged marriage. They're like, that's not a happy ending. Um, But honestly, this is a happy ending for her. I mean, alone, Mm -hmm. pregnant, and unmarried was not going to end well for her. Uh, Mm -hmm. Lame miserable for her. She might have ended up with no teeth. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Philip is actually a character from the book. I love him. And I think mm-hmm. he is... He's handsome. He's handsome. He's handsome. And he's just very... He's so nice and kind. And I think he's going to be a very respectful husband. And the fact that he is willing to do this for her and to honour his brother is like a really good sign. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't have to trick him into thinking the baby is his or like... He already knows. They can start off their marriage on better terms than she would possibly have had with Colin. This is much better for her. I don't know why she was like, oh, I don't want to trick him. It's like he's going into it with his eyes open. Yes. I mean, I don't know that they're going to be like true love, but it's it's better than nothing. Also, if she has a son, that child will end up inheriting the title and the estate that he would have received had she Mm -hmm. married Sir George. So really, Marina stands out there. Take the wins when you can get them. This is good. Yeah, this is, this is good. Oh, God. Oh, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, it, it did seem, you know, rather not, I'm not going to say trite, but, but, you know, of course this person comes sweeping in, you know, at the 11th hour and, um, basically saves the day for her. Uh, but you know, okay. I'll that buy only it. happens because Daphne wrote that letter. Remember the letter that mm-hmm. Marina was like, "It's oh, yeah. never gonna work." Oh my god! Eat your words, Marina. <laughs> she saved your butt. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, anyhow, I think uh, you know, as you said, this is the best thing that could have happened for her, and who knows what could happen uh, between the two of them over the course of the next few years. You know, they could genuinely wind up having, um, you know, great affection for one another and, you know, quite possibly love. So um, I thought it was a a great way to resolve the storyline. Now, can you tell me how Marina fits into the story later on? Or is this another one? Nope, you got to read the books. She is, like, she's in the fifth book, so that's a very far Good off. Lord. <laughs> We've only covered the first book. Good grief. So it's very far away, and I feel uncomfortable trying to say. Okay. Spoileries. I'll just have to sit patiently and wait, won't I? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Another Featherington storyline, uh, Baron Featherington, he de-worded. 
<laughs> the whole season, I was like, oh, wait, he's dead in the books. Why would they bring him back? It never occurred to me. <laughs> like, in a million years, they would kill him off. I was like, uh, in retrospect, that was so dumb of me. Everybody listening was probably like, <laughs> she's dumb. Uh, yeah. I thought the way he died was super weird. Yeah, me too. Uh, jarring like you could almost not notice she died well i mean you know i think my you know my biggest question was okay so he winds up making this crazy ass bet uh wins a bloody fortune and they basically kill him because they're pissed off that they had to pay him so much i think they must have worked out that <laughs> um, he cheated oh but yeah i'm also like doesn't that oh, yeah. put Will in danger? Exactly. I was like, what about Will? Exactly. I don't think the writers care. <laughs> I mean, you know, why wouldn't why wouldn't those bookies, you know, be just as pissed off as Will or just as pissed off as um at Will as they were with uh Featherington? But you know, you know if that's what they'll do is be like, Oh, we heard you did this thing before, Will. Do you want to start falling down during matches for us? Yeah, seriously. Though he's going to have to improve on his fake passing out. <laughs> I was embarrassed. Yeah, because that was ridiculous. He was pounding that other guy into the dirt. Um, and then all of a sudden it's like, tap. Oh, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that that went over well. That went over well. And, you know, Simon looking over at uh, Will and his wife when they were at the ball and, you know, she's sporting this great big giant huge diamond, <laughs> diamond necklace. <laughs> it's kind of like... I she's eat. asking to get rolled. Yeah, pretty much. Someone's going to knock both y'all upside the head and snatch that ice off her neck. But uh, um, I wonder if we'll see Will in the next season. I suspect that we won't. Um, but hey, he has a happy ending. He's rich. His wife is hot. He's friends with a duke. This is as good as it's gonna get for him. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, but uh, R.I.P. Baron Featherington. Do we really care? <clears throat> Do we care if he's R.N.P.? No, I mean, he can be in hell for all I care. Um, but I do. Like, as weird as I found this whole storyline, um, it provides so much fun opportunities for a second season. I mean, as soon as I finished the episode, I was like, who's the new heir? <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, in the books, because he, um, he died years ago. Uh-huh. And the girls are just living in London. You don't really give a shit about who the heir is. That's not really a storyline. Um Right. But now Now I'm like Now it has become one. This is a thing I need to know immediately. Um <laughs> Portia Featherington is gonna get even more desperate to marry these women. these girls. She's like, get them off my hands, I broke. Exactly. Exactly. Oh god. Mm, mm, it's gonna mm. be fun. Um, okay, and our last storyline that we're gonna focus on is Eloise and Lady Whistledown. 
like the whole season, Eloise's Lady Whistledown plot has been badly written because Eloise has been dumb. Um, just I've been, she's just throwing guesses out there in the air, like it's you, it's you. <laughs> and this time she was like pretty sure it was Madame Delacroix because there was some smiling and nodding happening. Um, uh-huh. I thought I was kind of confused. Like, why don't you just send a note? to Madame Delacroix or something and be like, don't show up tonight instead of running the risk of her showing up and then yeah. being chased. Because, I mean, come on, it wouldn't have been that hard for them to follow the coach. But anyway, um, Penelope. <laughs> <laughs> that sneaky little minx. So sneaky. <laughs> it totally all makes sense. Yeah. So that reveal didn't come until the fourth book. Oh, my gosh. Um. I think I guessed it in the second or third book. I did a poll on uh, Twitter. Oh, you did? Quite a large proportion of people did not guess until it was revealed in the book. Did you Did you have any inkling that it could have been Penelope? No. no. So you're going to enjoy that rewatch. Cause I am. There, there I are am. clues. There are pretty significant ones. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the, the biggest one is... You know, how the uh, revelation of Marina's pregnancy took place after the whole Marina is going to marry Colin thing. Yeah. Um, it was like, she's like, all right, I've just had enough she got of, of this bullshit. So I'm like, okay, it's out. Um, and when you think about it, um, if things had been covered up as well as they had been, who would have known, who could have known about Marina's um, situation um, other than Penelope? Yeah. To be able to definitively say, she's with child. Well, everybody else <laughs> who knew had nothing to gain from revealing it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so the way the episode is structured, it's like they have that argument. One of the next scenes is, the article being printed mm-hmm. and then you see Penelope running into Eloise's arm sobbing um yes and the way I saw that moment as somebody who knew she had written it was like oh she feels really guilty mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um yeah the ugh, the writers are so good at sort of playing the line for book readers and fresh new baby eyes yeah. like you um, it's just been yes. glorious to watch yes. Nicola's performance. Ugh. I love the look on her face when they revealed it. She's like, yeah, bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking they probably jumped the gun on this reveal because the books are, quite frankly, 20 years old now. And you can Google <laughs> who Lady Whistledown is. <laughs> Oh, but why would you want to spoil it for yourself, you know? People want to spoil it. Why? I don't know. Spoilers are a whole industry. It's a thing. I I was just... (gasps) Oh my god! Oh yeah. I wonder how they're going to play this in the next season as well, because now that we have the reveal, will we need Julie Andrews? Question mark? I hope so. I mean, she... I can't imagine anybody reading those better than she does. Mm-hmm. I just love her so much. Yeah, I, I, I hope that they do because she—it's been a delight hearing her <laughs> uh, reading these sly little nuggets of information um, 
that are devastating the Tawn um, and making the Queen a little bit crazy. I love the thought of her, like, sitting down to watch the show that she's been on. <laughs> and being like, mm-hmm. oh, why? There's a lot of sex in this. <laughs> Just... <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, well, she quite famously um, showed her breasts in, oh, God, what movie was that? And everybody was shocked. It was like, oh, Julie Andrews? She has breasts? Doing something like that? Oh, no. Yeah, it was it was quite scandalous at the time. So I have a feeling that she enjoyed it. Oh, you know <laughs> she, she does. Nobody who can read this. those lines yes. so deliciously doesn't oh, enjoy a good yeah. sex scene. Uh, okay, favorite scenes. Um, I know you said earlier that you loved the confession in the rain. Yes, but I think I prefer the scene afterwards. Oh yeah, because as beautiful as that was, I was sort of like, okay, but you need to actually sit down and talk about how you fix the marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, the yeah. moment where um. He walks in, I was like, oh, good. <laughs> We're going to get this. Uh, and yeah. she told him that he just has to commit to working on it and not leave. I thought that yeah. was really important yeah. for me as a viewer. It just made me really happy um, because I was like, mm-hmm. oh, communication is happening. Um, and it's not <laughs> super dramatic. Because, I mean, what are they going to do next time they have a conflict? Go, like, scream at each other in the rain some more? Like, no. Um, And it also led um, to that really beautiful sex scene. Yeah, that Um, was gorgeous. When recapping, I was also realised that they were, at different points, they're both on top. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's so different from all the different scenes we had before. Like, they're sexual dynamic going forward has also changed and they Mm -hmm. do read much more as partners yeah in that scene um so yeah that was really nice and um and i was that scene the end when they're both just like giggling and looking Mm -hmm. at each other i thought that was so (laughs) sweet they're really just cute little kids at the end of the day (laughs) yeah oh god I adore them so much. I just freaking adore them. Um, let's see. Um, I think for me, one of my other favorite scenes um, was the scene between Daphne and her mom. When her mom is finally, you know, being candid with her yeah. about, you know, the things that she misses about, you know, being in the relationship that uh, she was in with uh, Daphne's father. And um, it's just straightforward. There's no more beating around the bush. Um, it's it's really lovely to see the, the two of them in that scene. How about you? What are some of your other favorite scenes? Because I know we've talked about... <laughs> yeah. We've talked about many of them uh, during our storyline wrap-up, but um, what are some of your other favorite scenes? I really liked the Colin and Penelope scene, of course, because yeah. they're just adorable. Um, but I also just loved the growth Penelope has had through the season that she was in yes. a position to... She was going to tell him that she liked him. I don't mm-hmm. think 
she really had any hope of him reciprocating those feelings, but she was going to do it anyway. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's so important for Penelope as a person to just be able to express herself. I think part of why she uses the Lady Whistledown pseudonym is like because she doesn't have a voice in that society. Mm -hmm. So I was so proud of her. And then obviously it did not go the way she hoped but i actually think um it's really important that colin does go out and see the world and experience a little bit before he settles down because he's just a baby too he's a baby he's a baby he's a baby um and i liked that he was like as soon as even when he saw her earlier in the episode he's like acknowledging her i think he's come to really appreciate her friendship like, mm-hmm. to the point where he's taking her advice about leaving, so. Yeah, yeah. That's so and, you know, I think, um, you know, by the time by the time he returns, um, his appreciation for his best friend will blossom into something else. Because we saw B on his collar. <gasps> oh! Okay. <laughs> There's so many Bs. I just need to... Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, it, you know how much of a um, uh, waistcoat uh, hoe I am. So, you know, I am, of course, salivating over all of the waistcoats that show up uh, on this program. And I saw that one, um, that beautifully embroidered bee on the collar of his uh, waistcoat. And I was just like, bee? <laughs> What I haven't mentioned actually is how many like butterflies Penelope is always wearing. There's a beautiful yes. like um it looked like a brooch that they used as a as a headband in mm-hmm. that scene and she always has like butterflies embroidered on her and like that's also such a great metaphor for Penelope like coming out of her shell. You can do it, Penelope. I believe yes. in you. Um yeah. Yes. The costuming is so so good oh this scene i also noticed like you know the whole season daphne's been wearing blue and simon's been wearing red at the season Mm -hmm. ending ball she was in purple and i was like (gasps) that is blue and red mixed that is some there we go some year one learning coming back to you (laughs) yes indeed i was like yes she's finally a hastings now instead of being a daphne bridgerton Mm -hmm. um I loved the ball scenes, obviously. Um, I loved yeah. seeing Cheese Boy back with Philippa. <laughs> They're the underrated ship of the season. Just, <laughs> I loved when he was going to take her out onto the into the rain and Lady Dabry's like, uh-uh, yep. no. No, no. No, y'all need to go. Get out of the house now. <laughs> Bye-bye. Oh, Lady Dabry, um just killed it oh, <sighs> i mean this actress is just astounding i want her to be in my life just giving me advice i want her to be in everything yeah she is by far one of the best actresses that i've seen uh coming out of great britain um in a long time although you know they're all over the place over there. The theatre scene here just got so many hidden gems. <laughs> um, <laughs> and her and Golda, who play, who plays uh, 
Queen Charlotte uh-huh. constantly working in the theatre. A oh. lot of the actors from the show as well. So it's like, uh, you know, um, Jonathan Bailey, who plays Anthony, has an Laurence Olivier Award because he can sing beautifully, people. Oh. Give him a song. Just, yeah, the whole cast. I love you all. Please oh. never leave me. I'll be so <laughs> sad. Um, other favourite scenes? Gosh, oh the whole episode. God. Obviously, when I saw Francesca again, I've screamed. Mm-hmm. I'm such. I was just so sad. Why was she gone for the whole <laughs> season for no reason? Um, yeah, I forgot that there was another child in the family. You were like um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Hmm. Yeah, Cray. Cray. Um, the fact that Violet has this many children is just. <laughs> Well, clearly, uh, she didn't mind her marital duties. No. No. Um, I also <laughs> love just the end scene with Daphne and Simon being like, so, Anthony, what are you doing? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go get married. And it doesn't matter who I'm married to. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's the thing I'm doing. And they, they at the end, they're like, well, he'll learn by himself, with they? Yes. And Simon's yes. like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> It's like, yeah, silly, silly boy. I was like, this is what I want from season two. It's just Anthony being an idiot and Simon and Daphne standing in the background going like, oh, God, should we tell him? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no, let him flounder around for a little while longer. (laughs) This is entertaining. Get the popcorn, dear. (laughs) Simon, in particular, is going to have a field day. Oh, yes. Can't wait for that. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh um I, this entire episode it was brilliantly done yeah i'm right brilliantly done when i finally was able to watch the episode i watched it again later that evening <laughs> i was like uh-huh. i'm gonna watch it again <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it, it was so damn good Enough gushing. We have to pick our least favorite scene. Oh, do we? We have to do it. Yes. Okay, you go first. Obviously, I'm going to say the Sienna and Anthony scenes. <laughs> pick one. Any of them. I hate them all. Um, <laughs> but in particular, I thought the breakup speech, while very beautifully performed, you know I love that actress. It was overly wrong, long, and uh, trite. And they've broken up and got back together so much over the course of the season that I feel like a yo-yo that I'm with. Yeah. I think uh, yeah. if you binge the show, it's probably less annoying. But God, I can't I can't keep up with them. But I well, got to see it... Anthony shirtless, so I can't hate too much. <laughs> um, you know, like you said, they've done this so often. Um, you know, what are we what are we supposed to take from this last breakup scene to be convinced that this is finally it. The fact that he stomps off and throws the flowers down. Um, <laughs> well, uh, no, he's going to get married this time, I think. Well, yes. That, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the only difference. It sounds, I mean, it's so childish. <laughs> it you is. know, it's like, okay, I throw my flowers down because I can't have her, and so I'm just going to get married. <laughs> nah. Oh, Anthony, you're so dumb. I love him. Oh. He's so dumb. He's just the stupidest. 
<laughs> and he's like, oh, well, I just won't be in love. That will make things less complicated. Like, oh, yes. God, no, no, honey, that's not going <laughs> to that's going to make things more complicated. You dumbass. <laughs> But yeah, oh, as, as, as stupid as that is, I'm just hoping that is set up for when he is <laughs> out on the town trying to find a wife and doing it in the worst way you possibly could. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Oh my God, I love him so much. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Well, I am very much looking forward to... Um, reading the book that you so graciously sent me. Um, thank you again. Uh, so that I can see how, see where, how this adaptation um, stands up to the book. As you know, I have feelings about these kinds of things. We have several hundred <laughs> episodes of feelings. Of feelings, yes. <laughs> um but, uh, you know, I would have to agree that the scenes with Anthony and, and uh, Sienna were <sighs> a little too much. Yeah, I think they laid much. it on really heavy with the love as well. I was like, mm-hmm. she ain't your girl, boo. Why are we doing, we going so heavy on this? <laughs> I was like, you're going to feel like such an idiot. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just really weird. And also I feel like, like, this is so dumb, but I feel like I'm watching him cheat on his true love because I'm so invested <laughs> in that relationship that it's like, who is this woman, Anthony? Why are you telling her you love her? Oh! It's, um, yeah, it's just not pleasant. I don't know how any, oh. how they expected us as, like, the book readers to, like, view that and get invested like we can't like once you have a ship you can't be cheating on it like those are the mm-hmm. rules of the internet um yeah <laughs> it was yes. just, it's just been a wild ride let me say oh god oh lord okay performer of the episode okay so for me it's polly walker um mm-hmm. <laughs> she was a steel scener the entire show I, all her yeah. little asides were really funny, and especially in that scene where she breaks down in the mm-hmm. Baron's office, um, I cried <laughs> with her. Um, yeah, it's not a typical reaction to a death that you will often see on screen because mm-hmm. I think it was definitely tinged with the loss of the money and the status mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. him. But it still mm-hmm. broke your heart. She had worked so hard to fix everything for herself and her daughters and just to have yeah. everything crumble in front of her. Like, you felt devastated. Not about him yeah. because he's irrelevant. You just, I uh, feel so sorry for her. And you understand the priority she has. And, you know, it may not be her husband, but she loves her daughters. And that's mm-hmm. why she's crying. Um, yeah. I just love her. I love how complicated this character is. I love that we're seeing a woman of a certain age, shall I say, just like getting such a good role. Yes. And I also love the contrast that they made between her as a widow and Violet as well. They definitely, Mm -hmm. they haven't mentioned Violet's like widowhood until this episode. And I think it was purposeful to sort of set up the 
like ha- their different reactions to the deaths, given how mm-hmm. different the nature of their marriages were. And it was just yeah. superb writing, but in particular, the performance. Like, oh, Polly Walker, you're a genius, gorgeous woman. I would watch a whole Lady Featherington spinoff at this point. <laughs> And I can't wait to see her in season two because she's going to be scheming again and it's going to be glorious. Yes, absolutely. Um, Yeah. And I am, there's a part of me that's going, that thinks to myself, how could she not know who the, the, the person that was going to inherit the estate be? That, that was one of my first tweets. I was like, they would have been setting up a marriage between one of their three uh-huh. daughters and this random dude from Bath. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, but anyhow, we'll get we'll get into that later. I'm hoping for a Mr. Collins situation, everyone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was excellent boiled potatoes. <laughs> Okay, so how many bees out of five? Uh, ten. 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 Just, ten you know, just all the bees. All the bees. All hive. Oh, absolutely. Great big giant hive. Oh, God. It was so good. Five. Okay, if we have to keep it within the the, the range, then five. Uh, it was outstanding. Outstanding. Uh, this whole series is blows my mind. Blows my mind. Um, I would agree, obviously, mm-hmm. for reasons we have discussed. Yes. Just the best thing that has ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Bridgerton! Okay. Oh. So um, it is time for our inbox section because we've already gone over an hour. <laughs> oh my god, okay. <laughs> so by the way, guys, if you sent in an email and it hasn't been read out yet, fear not. I have kept a few of them for our season one retrospective podcast next week because it goes over some ground that deals with previous episodes. You know, it's better to do it that way. And if you have any random thoughts about any aspects of season one, do email us about it because we are here for it. Yes. I'm dying to know what you guys think because we've been let loose from our little spoiler free bubble <laughs> we're out in the wild now and we need yes. to know yes okay <laughs> oh so here's our uh first it's from hello owls again well it's here the end of the season y'all it's been a journey i took some notes this time so i'll not be all over the place never mind i have adhd so i'll probably still be all over the place I'll just drop a few highlights. Might you move a bit closer? Shimmies two inches over the several feet of, dif- dif- <laughs> of distance. Still makes me snort. <laughs> so, oh anyway, my gosh, so- can we talk about how that... Why is he drawing the background before he does the people? Who works <laughs> that way? I'm angry! <laughs> Honestly. Oh my god. Um, and she says, still makes me snort. Anyway, so Simon is still being a dick. Sigh. Hey, anyone else get the feeling that Daphne's sadness isn't so much as she wasn't pregnant, but that Simon will be out of her life? At least that's how I read it. I mean, even the gay man can see that they're completely head over heels. Oh, have we mentioned the lucky mallet? I mean, I repeat, we have a mallet of death. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right, about Marina. I hated her. From start to finish, I hated her character. 
I resented her presence on the show because it detracted from much more interesting characters. Even if she does set up storylines for later, I think I would have preferred her elsewhere, perhaps in season two or just not at all. I didn't care for her at all. Her resolution gave me no joy except in the fact that she was gone from Grosvenor Square. I'm just hoping she doesn't come back for season two. I have nothing against the actress. She did what she could with an annoying, stupid, pointless character. Anyway, (laughs) back to the characters I actually care about. The whole ball at the end, Daphne's speech, Simon coming to her room, it all feels a bit unresolved. Like, really? That's all it took? After all this time? You hatefully and spitefully punish your wife for weeks, and now what? You're over it? I don't know. It just felt meh. I have liked, I'd have liked to have a scene from the book where Anthony tracks him down and gives him a tongue lashing, but we couldn't have Simon sequestered away for even one episode. I mean, Netflix knows what it's doing in appealing to its thirst female fans. Keep Rige Jean Page on the screen at all costs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Another scene from the book I missed is when all the Bridgerton brothers descend upon Simon and Daphne at the end. Not because I agree with them, I think they're all right asses, but because I wanted Violet to show up and drag them out by their ears. Oh god, that scene is so good. (laughs) I can't wait. Um, I was so mad at those interfering idiots, I laughed so hard when I read that part. I think that's all I really have to say right now. I honestly could have written entire pages on the relationship between Daphne and Simon and the incident. If you do a wrap-up episode, maybe I'll end up sending it there. I think I'm almost done. I think I'm almost more sad about this season of the podcast ending than I was when watching the show for the first time. This has felt like rewatching and discussing with friends. This has been so much fun and you have made the dreary winter hours at work fly by. I'm gonna miss you. Thanks for everything, Owls. Thank you, we Owls. We love soppy declarations of how great we are. Like, it's so... <laughs> Uh, such a good feeling. <laughs> oh yeah, Rita. Rita is saying that because she she is just uncomfortable. <laughs> uncomfortable getting compliments. It's the British in me. It's like no, I can't acknowledge my feelings. <laughs> oh. oh gosh. Um, but yeah, no more Marina in season two, please. Please, please. no more. Not even for a visit. Okay. I don't know. She could show up if she has a really cute baby to show off. Like, she's just like, here's a baby! And we all go, oh, okay, nice, bye. That was was fun. (laughs) Go away now. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Okay. Um, That is all from us this time because we've gone tray over our allotted time. Uh, But we will be back next week with our season one episode so get those emails in yes. until then you can follow us on social media we are at bridgerton fancast especially on twitter where i tweet every 30 seconds <laughs> uh we're on instagram and facebook that i oh, i'm gonna be honest guys facebook makes me scared um, and you can email us at bridgertonfancast at gmail.com or go to our message page on tumblr and remember to subscribe rate and review because it really helps us reach a larger audience yes thank you all for listening and we will see you next week bye-bye bye, bye.